0: Just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers, it's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion, yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are
1: back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope you're all having a good day. It is Friday. Uh, we had one podcast that I put out earlier, and now we have one of those special podcasts where we have, uh, Ed joining us. And, uh,
0: yeah, uh, and we're traveling in time because it's Thursday.
1: Is it Thursday? <laughs> Fuck. I keep telling people this. I'm retired, man. I don't know what time it is, and I don't know what day it is. Really? Is it I'd... Thursday? Yeah, it's Thursday. I All promise. right. Fuck it. Okay. It's Thursday. <laughs> Uh, thanks for embarrassing me, Ed. No, I don't worry about that. I have perfect—I have the perfect ability to embarrass myself at any given turn. So, um,
0: well, time yeah. travel is in the news, you know. Is it? Yeah, uh, um, no less a personage than uh, the Donald himself uh, tells people to go on one of these off-the-wall uh, 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 cable or whatever it is outlets, or uh, I suppose it's a streaming service uh and check out this thing where this guy is saying that uh, there's a a plan on Hunter Biden's laptop to place uh, uh incriminating evidence at Mar-a-Lago on Trump now oh. they they found that laptop in 2019 <laughs> so that means uh, they've had this in the works for quite a while don't you think uh, well that Either that or, or, or Hunter is a time traveler, and he just went back and did it. You know, that's possible, Ryan.
1: It is absolutely amazing the crazy shit that these people come up with. And yeah. uh, You know, I thought we would been done with Q a while back. I mean, everything they came out and said didn't come true, wasn't true, was proved to be stupid. But now Donald Trump is backed into a corner. While he tried to separate himself from uh, Q, now he's embracing it. He loves Q because that's all he's got fucking left. That's the, exactly. that's the, that's the life preserver, one life preserver in the ocean. It's, he's about ready to drown and, uh, that's not going to do well for him. This whole Q thing is fucking crazy.
0: Oh, absolutely. It is. And he's got him doing the one finger thing, uh, looking very Nazi like at his, uh, uh, rallies that nobody's showing up to except paid people, and don't tell me they're not because all those people with the signs, I guarantee you, are paid about ten, fifteen bucks an hour to show up and wave those things, right? And uh, and uh, then the Q folks show up and a few other crazies, and that's what you got at a Trump rally these days.
1: Well, you know what's funny too is they're they're, they're getting into some production here now too. Now, as old radio guys, you and I, you and I could do a radio commercial. Um, um, and, and it would sound fine, but it always set it off when you threw some nice music behind it. Now, back, uh-huh. back in the seventies, when I was at the same radio station, we all both ultimately worked at, I was a sports director. And so, um, whenever I do a sport intro or outro or promo or something like that, I'd always throw on my favorite song of the time. And that was Breezin'. by uh george benson well i used the fuck out of that song and it got to be ridiculous after a while uh but but donald trump is doing that in these in these uh rallies now he apparently thinks he needs some production and he's taking and every other every other musician said don't fucking use my shit i mean he always used ymca when he would come out (laughs) which is ironic because the whole group was gay. And yeah,
0: and it's a gay anthem. I mean, it's talking about basically having gay sex at the YMCA.
1: And 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 he is so so freakishly afraid of gay people that something came out on that recently too. I did a story about it that in the podcast. But he plays this music that identifies with Q, and it's very uh, very dark and very dramatic. And uh, he's 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 working hard at this shit. He doesn't care who he has to align himself with, as long as he can save his ass.
0: Exactly, exactly. And uh, you know, we've got hurricanes, we've got Marjorie Taylor Green, we got all kinds of good stuff to talk about today.
1: We do. I told you. I told you before we went on. I, I'm getting a lot of calls. You know, we bought a little condo in Savannah. No. And people are calling me up. See, there you go. You buy a fucking condo and you get hit by a hurricane. Well, Savannah's not getting hit by a hurricane. It turns out, uh, they'll probably get some effects like you're getting effects, uh, in Tennessee. Uh, it's not a good thing. And, and, and it's a uh, tragedy to what it's done in, in Florida. I do know some people that have places down in Fort Myers, Marco Island and such. It's got to be scary as hell. This is a, uh, This was a serious fucking storm. This was no everyday average storm.
0: Yeah, even Tucker Carlson came out and said, this one's real, folks, because he was pushing the idea that most hurricanes are are a a, a sham, that they're just, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, this is true. I mean, this was him on his uh, broadcast the other night. These aren't real, that, you know, it's just... uh, Uh, A reason to drive up prices here and there or, you know, Um. oh, yes, I promise you, or some other uh, nefarious things that uh, uh, to show that uh, the federal government can do something right, blah, 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 but this one's real. This not so, real. Interestingly enough, Rush Limbaugh did exactly the same thing. Yeah, uh, you know, he uh, most of them are most of them are crap, but uh, this one is real because it's coming at my property.
1: Right, right, exactly. So, so what are they saying? Are they saying that the uh, um, uh, the hurricanes don't really happen, or that they're just not that big a deal? Or they're, that they exaggerated. Happen?
0: they're exaggerated. They're um, exaggerated. Then it's just rain and. Uh, Little wind and so forth, but nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here, folks. There's no such thing as a storm, sir. It's that kind of stuff.
1: So how 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 do people in a hurricane alley like Florida, like just now, when what went through devastated various parts of of Florida and continued to devastate parts of Florida? How does a a red Trump humping Tucker Tucker watching? idiot down in florida see that and say fuck you tucker i'm struggling here i lost my house how do they how do they continue to follow that shit when they blatantly fucking lie
0: oh they probably believe it they i mean you know well that was just uh that thing that washed my house away was a fluke i don't know (laughs) you know it's uh you know when you're that brainwashed and they are uh, you're going to believe shed. I mean, look at the Q stuff, you know, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens and they still believe it. Right. Well, well, Tucker might be
1: being smart on this one. He probably picked yesterday or whenever he did it to say this because as the hurricanes going through, none of these motherfuckers have power so they can't watch the show anyway. So now you can't say anything.
0: Bingo. Uh, yeah. That's 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 not bad either. And uh uh that's probably the case but in anyway he had to say something you know i mean if you're talking about getting rid of the federal government and getting rid of things like fema anything that has a regulation anything that costs money and that is the that is exactly what the republicans want to do get rid of the federal government except for national defense and so forth and so uh that means the states are on their own. They would be on their own when anything bad happens. And quite frankly, if the Republicans are in charge, you usually are because they always vote against aid to Puerto Rico, aid uh-huh. against uh, against aid for New York and New Jersey when they had the hurricane and the, and the floods and so forth, or when California has the wildfires. Well, you know, I mean, Trump, of course, did not send aid after the wildfires out there because they were mismanaging the forces they weren't breaking believe yeah the exactly
1: exactly you exactly know? it's fucking unbelievable that 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 he he does that now now you mentioned and we've talked about this before that they want to get rid of the federal government okay yeah. i'm one of, i'm one of these people that believe if i'm paying money i better get something in return for the money i pay and let's be exactly. honest we pay more federal income tax than we do state tax. So if I'm paying all this money to the federal government, I expect something in return. So if you want to take away all these other things that the federal government does, I would have to presume my federal income taxes go down to a tenth, if not zero, since you're not providing any services. And I, I have a guess that that isn't what they want to do. They want to keep the federal taxes the same. They just want to give you less in return. And how that's not a fucking, uh, how that's not a signal as to who they are and what they want to do. I don't know what more you need.
0: Well, actually, probably what they would want to do is raise taxes on guys like you and me. Right. What they want to do is... Uh, get rid of taxes completely above a certain level Right. because those are the job creators and they need all that money to create the jobs that they never create. And to, uh, we need to, you know, a lot of blue state tax money coming into the federal system so we can redistribute it to the red states so that they can pay Brett Favre not to give speeches.
1: Right. Right. You know, that's, that's the funny thing is, you know, I've got all these red state people talking about, uh, welfare and how we shouldn't have to pay these people. They're just being fucking lazy. Uh, what they, what they fail to realize is that most of the welfare is going to the red states. Yep. And if you, if you want to cut the welfare to the red states, good. You're the ones bitching about it. I mean, there are people in blue states, of course, that need help. There's a lot of issues with welfare problems. Our greatest welfare problem is the welfare we give to fucking rich people. They don't even need companies. it. And oil right. companies, they don't even need it, but we still give it to them.
0: Exactly. And uh, people forget that under Clinton, we had what was called welfare reform. And they put in a work requirement and all these restrictions and so forth. And it's really hard to get anything. And and the, the Republicans managed to get it so instead of a, a tightly controlled uh, a uh, regulated bunch of money they get a lump sum to do with what what they they want and then that's easy to steal as we saw in Mississippi right. and i'm sure if you look at any state especially any red state you're going to find that that money that is meant to uh, to go toward uh, impoverished families and especially children never makes it there It it somehow gets siphoned off along the way for volleyball courts and uh, paying people to give motivational speeches, Brad Favre and uh, and other people. I'm not going to give up on that, right, because I don't like the guy anyway. And the fact that he took a million point four, I think it was, dollars. Which he eventually gave back once he got caught, but he won't pay interest on it. And also uh, got fifteen million dollars to build a volleyball stadium for his daughter to play in. No, that's not good. I mean, this is a guy who probably has a hundred million dollars in the bank. Let's be honest. Actually, it's and closer.
1: He, it's closer to two hundred million. Three, two okay. or three hundred million. Yeah.
0: Exactly, and he can't fund his his daughter's on volleyball court. Fifteen million out of two hundred. You could do it, Brett you know but anyway that's that's beside the point what i'm saying here is they would want to raise your taxes while they would continue to cut the taxes of the rich people and the corporations just like they did under trump and then in a couple of years you're going to see your taxes and my taxes going back up again because right. that's figured in if they don't, then we add another three hundred or, or another three trillion to the deficit, because that's what uh, by cutting those taxes to the rich people, that's what we lost, and it was it was scheduled to be made up again gradually over seven years by raising taxes on the po folks.
1: Right. Well, when 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 you make less than a million dollars, if you understand what you just said, why would anybody vote for Republican? And I know why. But, you know, the thing about it is the Republican Party doesn't benefit anybody making under a million dollars because all they want to do is take away services and money and such from the middle class, who, by the way, is the backbone of this country, who supplies all the money. I, you know, rich people always says, why do you want to take our money? I go, I don't want to take your money or as much money as you want. I just want my fucking money back. Your tax cuts, your tax breaks, that money didn't come from you. didn't come from your services or your work. It came from our backs. I just want that back. I think that seems fair.
0: Exactly. And uh I want them. I paid, I paid a payroll tax. Uh, for both Social Security and Medicare on every penny I le- earned my whole life right 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 and uh, but there's a cutoff for rich people I think it's i forget what it is now 120 thousand something like that if you make that much you don't have to pay a penny beyond that on social Security and right. why is that it's a tax it's not a savings account it's right. a tax and it's supposed to you know, accumulate a pot of money so we can pay benefits uh, to people who have worked and paid into the system. That's what it comes down to. Um, But it is a tax and it should not be cut. I mean, it should not be exempt above a certain point. I'm sorry. Just that that's, that's tough. (laughs) Just Just go ahead and pay.
1: So, so when you know what we know and what we just talked about here, um, You know, I know the Democrats always say, what's our platform? What's our message? What should we do? Um, If we've got this many people that are getting robbed and just don't know any better, and that seems to be the case with a lot of Trump and Republicans, it's easy to decide what the Democratic Party has to do. They have to ramp up messaging, whether it be before a midterms or a presidential election, all day, every day. Because that's what the Republicans did—they lied to you and told you—and they were loud and proud about it. So, if we want to eradicate the Republican Party, and I think that's really what we have to do, it's not just about a uh, an opposing party. It's 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 about a uh, uh, insidious virus that we have in this country, which is the Republican Party, from Liz Cheney all the fucking way down. If we want to eradicate this from our country, or at least get them to reform some way, we need the messaging to be on point and loud and proud during election years and every fucking year. We need to educate a lot of stupid fucking people, and it's going to take some time.
0: Absolutely. And uh, I'm sick and tired of uh, turning on the news, and I don't care what station it's on, if, if uh, uh, Ted Cruz goes out and shoots his mouth off about, you know, tells a bunch of lies, which is what he's going to do, well, he, that gets covered, right? And, the, and whether the whether the person who is uh, uh, commenting on it, uh, the reporting it, whether they're positive about it or negative about it, the message is still getting out there. Yeah. And the people are people are sitting there in front of their TV, they're thinking about stuff, they hear Ted Cruz say this, that's what they hear. You know, and, and then if Hannity comes on and elaborates on it, that's one thing. Or if it's Rachel Maddow who says this is bullshit, well, they heard that. Right. And it's in their head. Right. You know. And um, they may not. Gavin Newsom has been out there. He's been talking for days and days, and he's he's uh, he's trying to get it out there and talking to his fellow Democrats. Stop being nice. Be just right. as nasty as they are. Get in their face. Call him a motherfucking liar if you have to, but do it. I mean, that's when uh, that's when uh, Beto O'Rourke got noticed.
1: Yeah, yeah. When,
0: when he he used the, he laid the big EMF on him, and boom. Suddenly, everybody's listening. You know, 20 I, years, I tw-
1: 20 years yeah. ago, that would have sunk him, but it yeah. got him votes more than anything.
0: Yeah, and this is the thing, because people see the Republicans doing it, and they're tough. And there we want tough. Tops- uh, tough and wrong is what Americans want more, more often than they want nice and right.
1: Right. You, you No, you're absolutely right. It's not about what you say. It's about how you say it. And and there are a lot of people that that maybe don't feel comfortable, feel like they're put upon, feel like they're being run over by the government. And they're probably right. So they consider themselves in a weaker position. So when somebody comes out strong, they look at them as a champion and they don't even care what they're doing. They're just going to get behind somebody who's going to beat the shit out of the bully for them. (coughs) Excuse me. And, you know, it's funny I realized that when I started doing the rational boomer, uh, TikToks and now the podcast is, uh, you know, when I started it, everybody said to me, nobody's going to follow you. I mean, you're an old mm-hmm. man. You don't know fuck all about fuck all. And, and I said, well, well they're not right
0: about that. Yeah. But that's and, beside the point.
1: <laughs> and I said, I said, well, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And then I started getting a lot of people following me on TikTok and now the podcast. And, and I've always wondered why. Why is that? And then somebody said something to me that was kind of a compliment and kind of an insult, but it really opened my eyes to what's working, not only with the Democrats, but in what I'm doing here or what anybody's doing. Somebody said, you know, you're kind of like a liberal Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't want to be anywhere near uh, Lim- Limbaugh because I hate that motherfucker. But the point they were making is good is because... I'm kind of in your face. I'm kind of willing to say fuck you or be tough about something. People seem to resonate to that. They, they feel like, uh, somebody like Rush Limbaugh or Tucker Carlson, they can be tough and, and they see themselves as not being able to do that. So I'm going to get behind this guy who's going to kick some ass, uh, for all of us. And that's, and, and I think that's what people see. And they like that. I, I've, You know, I saw that in school. I saw that in businesses. People get behind somebody who appears to be tough, um, be, be, and they end up being the leaders. And that's what's worked for the Republicans, and we got to get it figured out for the Democrats.
0: Yeah, and this is the thing. We have no equivalent to Fox News. Liberals have no equivalent. I mean, they tried uh, Air America and different things, but, yeah. but they've never had— the uh, the money behind it, the Murdoch organization behind a channel or a, a cable channel or a broadcast entity or streaming or whatever it is, we have no equivalent to that. And it's still the most popular thing that especially people our age tune into, which is insane, because it's not news. I mean, they have admitted in court it's been always their defense. Well, we're not news, we're entertainment well, if that's true, why do we allow their reporters their reporters into the presidential news conferences? Why do we allow them to function as news reporters if they're just entertainment figures? I mean, instead of them, uh, why not send uh, uh, Kid Rock in <laughs> to the presidential news conference? He's just as qualified
1: yeah, as exactly. any,
0: any of the Fox people.
1: Well, you know, the Democrats are known for not being tough and being the people that would turn the other cheek. Uh, Let's think about this. When is the last Democrat that's been absolute tough guy in your fucking face and almost thuggish? When would you think when do you think that last Democrat was? Because there was at least one.
0: I'm going to go with Lyndon Johnson.
1: Absolutely. That's the guy that was kind of like the republicans he'll get in your face he will have a press conference while he's taking a shit on the he didn't fucking care he didn't care and he would push his will on people if need be now you may or may not like uh lyndon johnson i think he got a lot of good things done i don't think he was a great guy but you know as i've said before (laughs) when you're fighting with a bully uh You can't always go high. Sometimes you got to get in the mud and get down there with them in order to beat them. And and I think we're kind of in that position now with Republicans. We can't continue doing what the Democrats have done because clearly it hasn't worked. So when something doesn't work, you should be bright enough to say, you know, maybe we should change this shit up a little bit and be tougher and be stronger and and, and really focus on the messaging as opposed to we're just doing what's right. That's not enough in this country. People don't respect
0: that no they don't and I, I have to admit when lyndon johnson was president i did not like him and the reason i didn't like him was because i came from a republican family and a republican part of the country but also because of vietnam because right. i saw friends of mine going to vietnam and dying. Because of Vietnam, I did not see what he was doing in the social programs and so forth, because it was characterized in a very bad way here where I live. It wasn't until I got to college and started realizing, hey, this really makes a difference. And uh, then over the years, I've become a Johnson fan. As a matter of fact, it would have been better if there had never been a Kennedy presidency. He was a bit of fluff. He was not in my estimation, a great statesman, nor was he a very good president. If, uh, if uh, Johnson, which he could have if he'd had the money, had been elected uh, instead of Kennedy, I think we would might not have had a Vietnam because he was not re- really geared into it. It was only because Kennedy had already got it, a ball rolling to a degree that right. he was kind of sucked into it. And he did have a domestic plan. He wanted to be another FDR and move that football further down the field, right. which he managed to do, but in a limited basis. He really had two, two years of Kennedy's term and one term of his own because, and I give him credit for this, he saw he was not popular and he stepped back and said, let's try it. Let somebody else try it, which no. is also uh, a very, uh, speaks to his character.
1: Now you said something that was very sacrilegious. Uh, yeah. That we shouldn't, you know, Kennedy shouldn't have even been president. Now he's beloved by people all over this country. Uh, and let's see why he's beloved. I mean, he was a handsome guy. He was a young guy. He, he, he died in the middle of his term. So he was kind of a martyr in that sense. Um, but was Kennedy a great president? I think, I think at least part of it in his heart, his intentions were good. But like you say, he wasn't real experienced and he made a fair amount of mistakes, pay a pay of pigs and some, uh, some other things. Um, the, 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 the missiles in Cuba. I know people were very nervous about that and Kennedy, uh, gets a lot of credit for shutting that down. All Kennedy did is stay strong in that situation. He kept the flotilla or whatever out there and kept them from coming in and it was a standoff and Russia backed down uh, because that's
0: the popular version. You want to know the truth? Absolutely. The, the Cuba happened. Okay. All right. We had, uh, first of all, we had the Castro revolution in Cuba, right? Right. right. Which uh, was a communist revolution, but it threw out a very corrupt dictatorship from the Batista government which was really just a, a figurehead for american mobsters the american mobsters owned cuba especially right. around havana and so forth it was a it was a refuge for them and they were working on having their own little gangster country there right then here comes fidel castro he overthrows the government chases them out and there have been people who said because kennedy's father may have been involved in bootlegging and so forth, that he had mob ties that helped to get his son elected. And that uh, it was part of their going along with that was we want Cuba back. So now before Kennedy was elected, the uh, CIA was already working on this uh, Bay of Pigs with these Cuban exiles. They were going to send them in. And the people would rise up and join them and throw out Fidel Castro. And that worked great right up until the point where the um, populace said, no, we kind of like what this guy is doing
1: right. compared
0: to, to the previous guy. We're not going to rise up. So they were easily defeated, captured, and so forth. And the Kennedy administration was left with egg on their face, obviously. Right. And uh, also the, uh, the mobsters were really pissed that he didn't go back in. And some people say that's why he was killed, that, uh, that, uh, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was set up. Jack Ruby was sent in to kill him because he was a mobster with cancer who knew he was going to die. And he got a payoff somehow or other that we don't know about it. That's, that's a conspiracy theory. I don't know if it's true or not, but I do know this is true. What, what, um, Precipitated the whole Cuban Missile Crisis was we put missiles in Turkey, right? That could reach the Soviet Union. And Khrushchev said, "This will not stand." We said, "Yes, it will." He said, "Okay, then." So they sent missile. Uh, they sent their guys to Cuba with the, uh, you know, the ascent of uh, uh, Fidel Castro to start building missile launchers there. We saw them and and so forth. And then we had the confrontation, the blockade. And the convoy sailing in, it looks like it could be the big one, folks. But at the last minute, Kennedy said, okay, we'll take the missiles out of Cuba. Oh, and we'll promise never to invade the island. So Khrushchev nodded and said, okay, great, we're done. Right. And everybody, Kennedy winds up looking strong. Looks like he backed down Khrushchev, but it's Khrushchev got exactly what he wanted, probably never was going to put missiles there anyway because he gave up too easy. You yeah. Know, yeah. No,
1: they, they made it out to be like we were on the brink of war. And I don't think that was true at all. I mean, you, you remember what America said when they took those missiles out of Turkey? Ah, they're old and antiquated. We were going to get yeah. rid of them anyway, which is bullshit.
0: Exactly. Which is bullshit. It was a trade off. And uh, we came much closer to nuclear war during the Berlin airlift when, when, uh, uh, when that was going on because we didn't even know if uh, Russians had a bomb at that point. And we thought, hey, uh, maybe we go, we'll just go ahead and settle this right here. But cooler heads prevailed, and it didn't happen. But it was much closer there than it was in Cuba. Uh, it was a scary 13 days. I lived through it, I remember. But uh,
1: Yeah, I don't uh, remember it. I was pretty young. But let's be honest, we're closer to a nuclear war now than we were those days.
0: That's right. We've got a sick, crazy man in power in Russia. All we can hope for is that there are cooler heads there that will prevail and prevent a nuclear exchange of any kind. We can hope.
1: Well, there's been a lot of rumors about uh, Vladimir Putin that there are um, uh, people within the country, within the government, that are now saying, you know, Vlad maybe has to go because we got a lot of problems, not only the economy in this country because of all the sanctions, but he's doing some crazy shit. He's now trying to conscript... 300,000 people, people are getting pissed in the streets. Vladimir Putin's not making himself very popular. And then, then he scoots off to some other location. Uh, and a lot of people think, Oh my God, it's he's, he's planning on the nuclear war. So he's going down in the bunker. No, he's not. He's trying to separate himself from the people who want to fucking kill him. And they are his own people.
0: Hey Vlad, you're looking a little and Step over by the window and get some air.
1: Yeah, just um, yeah. Well, I mean, that's how shit happens. I, I've always said that about Vlad Putin. When people get tired of it, or scared, or upset, Vladimir Putin will either disappear, or be killed, or both.
0: Yeah, that's so, how it works. Right, exactly, and and that's why I say Kennedy was no great shakes as a president. He got a good rap uh, from uh, facing off against uh, Khrushchev at that point. But he was no friend of uh, civil rights, for example. Sick the FBI on Martin Luther King and others. He and Bobby both were very much uh, tamped down the civil rights stuff. They weren't buying into it as much. Johnson was the one who did.
1: And it's ironic that it would be Johnson cuz here's a guy from Texas, clearly a fucking racist, clearly a thug, but he's the one that pulled the country together. I don't know if it was because he he had a epiphany or that he just saw this as a more expedient way to benefit his career as a president of the United States. He thought it was going to get You might be votes.
0: surprised. You might be surprised to know that before he was a politician, he was a teacher in West Texas and uh, teaching Hispanic and uh, other poor kids. So he had seen poverty and he listed it as one of his uh, one of the reasons that he was so tied into civil rights was seeing the uh, young black men in Vietnam dying in great numbers because Vietnam certainly throughout the whole thing was fought by urban blacks and rural whites. It wasn't right. rich kids. Right. You know, I mean, with a few exceptions. So he saw what was going on, and he thought that it was terrible that these people were willing to go and sacrifice their lives, or at least not run away, because a lot of them were drafted, uh, both the, the whites and the blacks. But he saw that they were willing to do that, and they still were not able to vote in their own state. So yeah, he was, uh, he, he, he was rough. He was a rough guy. Rough and tumble, and not afraid to put pressure on people and to uh, to say bad things. Perhaps they, you know, he didn't have Sunday manners. But unless his mom was around, right. but he was willing to get things done. So I admire the man in retrospect. When I could not at the time.
1: Well, maybe we flush this out now. What do the Democrats need going forward in twenty twenty four and beyond? What we need is a. A tough guy, a thug, with a heart and some intelligence. And that's what, what, we need that's is what Johnson I'll was.
0: Ticket. I'll give you the ticket. Gavin Newsom and Al Franken. Unbeatable.
1: Oh, that would be fucking impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, if anybody got their ass kicked for no good reason, it was Al Franken. What he did yeah, was, was minuscule. <laughs> it was a plot. And then the Democrats even got into it. They helped yes. kick his ass out. That was ridiculous. Uh, but you know, you're, you, that's not a bad ticket. I like Gavin Newsom based on what I've seen. Now, keep in mind, Gavin Newsom is thinking 2024, so he's doing all the right things at the right time, whether he will continue to do that. But at least he has the mindset. I, I also think that, that, uh, two years away from 2024, and we still don't know what the midterms are going to give us, it's impossible to really know who, um, is going to run in 2024 for either the Democrats or the Republicans. I mean, so much shit can change between now and then. There may be people we aren't even thinking about that would be the candidate. So we'll see.
0: Well, you know, the usual ones are going to be in there. You're going to see probably Ted Cruz and Romney early on and a few of those oldsters, but the, the, the new guys, the DeSantis and and, uh, what's the young kid from Virginia, they're going to be trying it too. But uh, um, I'm not so worried about the president. Um, No, I'm not either. and, And really I'm not so worried about the Senate either. I saw, Bobert the other day saying, when we take back the House, we're going to repeal this, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. That wrote back said, you're not going to do anything, even if you tip the House in your favor, which is possible, but I don't think it's going to happen.
1: No, I don't either.
0: You're still going to have to contend with the Senate. They're not going to just rubber stamp anything you send them, because we're probably going to have a Democratic majority, or at least enough that they can not pass whatever you send them. And plus... Um, the president still has a veto that they won't be able to overcome. So you're not going to get squat done for two years. You can obstruct just like you always do. That's it. But now we've got Mitch McConnell coming out here, and he's uh, he's signing on to uh, uh, this new law that will keep uh, keep them from being able to pull a pants, you know, yeah. like what they tried to do. He's He's signed on to that already. And that doesn't mean it will pass, but it certainly means that uh, it'll get some votes from the Republicans. So uh, if the Democrats can get everybody in lockstep on it, which they should be able to, that will pass. So that's good.
1: I think it but, will pass. Uh, I think it will pass yeah. because I think the Democrats already have 10 senators on board yeah. for for this thing. And the only reason McConnell uh, McConnell's stepping up and saying, yeah, I'll support it, too, because he knows he can't stop it. So he'd rather be on the winning team than the losing team. So he says, yeah, 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 I'll do that. And he knows his time is coming to an end. It almost doesn't matter. He wants to try to leave with some decent legacy. If his legacy is being uh, uh, Donald Trump's butt buddy, uh, that's not going to wear well for him in history.
0: No, exactly. And that's what he has left. I mean, Uh, There are very few Chuck Grassley's, you know, walking dead that that hang around that long. And I don't see McConnell being uh, one of them, especially if he can't be a player. If he can't run the Senate, then he's going to take his toys and go home. And I think this is just like what you say. It's it's an opportunity for him to try to claim a little bit better picture of himself in history, because he did step up after the insurrection and and, uh, blame Trump for it.
1: He did, but then he backed off of it when he yeah. found it was more expedient for him to support Donald Trump. You know, he's, he's a flip-flopper. He's, he's just a, just a slimy politician. Yeah, what
0: do they call that? Oh yeah, politician. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And, and, and you know, somebody like Chuck Grassley, I mean, I think a lot of people look at him as kind of, uh, inconsequential, but he is from Iowa. He is 150 years old. And I think yeah. this guy is as slimy and is, is, uh, disreputable as anybody can fucking be and he's not very bright i don't know if it's not that he's that he's not bright or he's just losing cognitive abilities by virtue of his age
0: i think it's the latter because i lived in iowa for a while when i first got into radio my first job was there and um he was far more moderate back then uh, then, um, then he became, but I think he is just a canny politician or was anyway, who, who, you know, plays whatever, uh, hand he can, uh, to, uh, to survive. Right. Uh, but, uh, he's well past, uh, the time he, there should be a mandatory retirement age. I'm sorry to say it, but I, I know agree. My faculties aren't what they once were. Um, and, and, uh, I think I'm still fairly sharp, but how would I know, right?
1: (laughs) You know, well, you know, I think, honestly, I think politicians should be forced to retire at 70. I think that's that's a reasonable time. It's beyond the 65. Most people retire 70 years of age. It's time to enjoy the millions you've screwed the country out of and just enjoy life.
0: Yeah. And see, that's the thing. The Republicans don't want that to happen. I have to keep harping on this because we have here uh, we have uh, Ron Johnson out of uh, Wisconsin, I think it is, who says we need to lure his words, lure seniors back into the workforce to fill some of these job things. And because um, and what he really means is we're going to cancel Social Security, so they have to. But that's the way he wants to characterize. He's trying to make it look like a positive thing. But it's not because uh, I see people all the time on Facebook and Twitter and saying, well, I guess I'll never younger people. I'll never own a home. I can't possibly afford one. I've got and these aren't even the people saddled with student debt. These are just people who see houses continuing, uh, you know, the rise, the prices rising, you know, so that they can never, ever even be approved for a mortgage until there may be 50, and by then it's probably too late. And and then you have people, I, I know people who say, I'll never be able to retire. I can't live on Social Security and, and the amount they'll let me earn above that. Uh, if, so they continue to work.
1: Well, you know, if, if uh, Ron Johnson wants to lure seniors back to working, I will say, hey, I'm willing to talk, but I have some requirements. I need... Uh, Five-hour day, I need three days a week, I need full health coverage, eyes, ears, nose, teeth, fucking full body. I need that all free, and I need a half a mil a year. If we can work that out, I'm going back to work. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah,
0: but, yeah. I mean, I, I would even settle for 50 bucks an hour. You know, I would do it for that. You well,
1: know. you've always been a cheap date, so
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, you I know, t- but also three days a week. You know,
1: yeah, I don't want to work any fucking harder than I have to work. Jesus yeah. Christ, you work your whole life and you do all this shit. It's time to fucking relax. And I don't care if uh, uh if Ron Johnson is worried about paying Social Security. I'm getting my Social Security. I got it at 62. And people say, why would you get it at 62? And I said, well, I'm all pretty already pretty set with my pensions and stuff like that. We're fine. And one thing I learned about business, if there's money to be had, get it now. And that's yeah. what I did. So fuck it. Uh Anyway, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, we are back, and what I want to talk about, Ed, is this uh, upcoming January 6th committee hearing that was postponed for obviously. Yeah, and I'm
0: so pissed. I was so ready for that, and we get a little rain, and now they're postponed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Florida. I'm just I, – I, I feel your pain, actually.
1: Yeah. Well, well, the, the thing about it is, is I told people that were upset about it being postponed. It's the respectful thing to do. Let's just say that. Yeah. But it's also the uh, most uh, the smart thing to do, because when this hearing hits, we want all the attention on the hearing. And as long as we're going through a hurricane, a large percentage of the country is going to be focused on that reasonably so. So it is it makes sense. You know, if some major event happens, you don't want the hearing happening then because, uh, you, you, you lose a lot of people's attention and you lose the impact. And I think this January 6th hearing coming up is going to, as, as who said this? Um, can't remember who said this, but it's going to blow the roof off the fucking place. I think this hearing is going to do a lot of damage to Republicans.
0: Absolutely. I know one thing they're going to do is show the clips that they have of Roger Stone talking about exactly what's going to happen well before the fact that they're going to, uh, uh, basically he lays out exactly what's going to happen on, uh, January 6th to, to this, uh, Norwegian, I think they're Norwegian film crew right. that are, that are following him around and feeling him. And, uh, and then he's, uh, Uh, And which he which he claims are deep fake films, meaning that this is somehow or other not real, which, of course, we know that it is. And that's easy to to verify. But uh, that that's his thing. And he knows the Q. If you believe in Q, you're going to believe in that, you know, oh, it's all deep fake. Yeah.
1: You know, and I said this in a previous podcast, whenever they say that, especially in this day and age with technology, the way it is, it reminds me of being a little kid. My brother and I yeah. watching AWA wrestling. We got our little trunks on. We're wrestling and then the heel comes out, takes a foreign object out of his, out of his trunks and cuts or hurts the uh, baby face. And then. Yeah. They say, you did this. He goes, no, I didn't do this. <laughs> and then they show the video of him doing it. He goes, that film's been doctored back in yeah. the sixties. And yeah. of course it wasn't doctored. They couldn't have doctored it back then. And, 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 and that's how lame this comment is. I mean, I think what we're going to find out that Roger Stone may actually be the architect of all that happened in and around January 6th, from the attack to the fake electors and all this stuff. He's the only one with enough brains and experience to pull all this shit together.
0: Yeah, he's been doing this since Nixon.
1: Right, I mean, right.
0: Uh, I mean, he's been on the dirty trick side of thing since uh, since he was uh, in the Young Republic. He was the president of the Young Republicans, uh, and he was he was doing dirty tricks back then. Also, have you ever noticed his head is deformed? It does he seem looks a like little deformed. Zippy the Pinhead, Breaking Bad. You know, I <laughs> mean, he's he is just so uh, so i'm sure that's all very much non pc now but and 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 i understand why but he is he's one ugly guy
1: yeah, he's an unattractive guy who went through a period where he was lifting weights and getting all buff and stuff like that. He had to, he had to compensate for that fucking ugly head that's sitting on his shoulders. But this guy has had nothing but uh, larceny in his heart from the beginning. I mean, he's the guy that loved Nixon so much. He put a huge tattoo of Nixon on his back back when tattoos weren't even fucking cool.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And what? he and Paul Manafort were representing they used to be called the torturers team because they represented uh, uh all the really ripe nasty right wing dictators. Right. Um, uh, You know, not legally, but as, uh, you know, their front guys uh, lobbying efforts in 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 Washington. That's what that's who they went for. So they've always been on the wrong side. Always.
1: Yeah. No question about it. Uh, They always they always they always soften it up by saying, yeah, that Roger Stone, he's a dirty tricks guy. No, he's a fucking criminal. He's corrupt and he's he's evil. There's no question about it, and so you
0: probably don't remember Dick Tracy very well, right? A little, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, well, Batman, even, but you know how the villains are always just not quite human,
1: right? Well, that right. he would
0: fit in, he would be. They had a guy called Flat Top in Disney who had a flathead. right? Uh, well, well, he would have Roger Stone would fit in right there, or. The penguin, he even dresses like the penguin. I think that's what he's actually going for.
1: <laughs> yeah. He, have you ever seen him in a deposition? It's really funny. When people start asking him questions, his, his face distorts, his mouth opens in kind of this sick fucking grin. And then he starts talking fast and just returning threats because he can't answer the question. This motherfucker has spent his life talking over and pushing back and bullying people. But now he's in a position where that's just not going to work anymore. And a lot like Donald Trump, I mean, he's clearly a narcissist too, and clearly he got some emotional and mental problems. We're going to see, we're going to see, Roger Stone fucking break here pretty quick because he doesn't have somebody to pardon him. He was going to do 40 months when Donald Trump pardoned him. He may do more than 40 months and he's old enough. It might be a life sentence.
0: Well, you know, he's uh, Trump actually pardoned him twice. Once in 2016, and then again, uh, uh, you know, toward the toward the end of in 2019, I guess or 2020, uh, he actually pardoned him twice. Uh, or he would be in jail right now.
1: Right, right. And 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 just because you get pardoned doesn't mean you're innocent. You are still no. convicted of a felony. In fact, by accepting the pardon, you acknowledge that you fucking did it.
0: Exactly, and that's why I, I'm I'm so startled to see these people still around who took pardons, and and uh, the ones who ask for pardons, uh, Green, Boebert, Gomert, all you guys, uh, you're guilty. If you ask for pardon, you're admitting your guilt.
1: Yeah, you, you, you had some you had some clue that this may come back to hit you. You know, I look at somebody like Mike Lindell. I look at a weaker, dumber guy that aspires to be Roger Stone. I really do. But he doesn't have the wherewithal to do it. He's not smart enough. He's not tough enough. And he just looks stupid. Roger Stone is a smarter guy. And he comes up with the same evil shit. But he's been able to hoodwink a certain faction of this country for years and years and years. But now he's coming to an end now with his ability to do that.
0: Absolutely. And I, I keep going back to that film, Inventing Anna, about uh, the young lady who snowed all of uh, polite society and got all this money and everything right. and was able to do this over time just by name dropping. And, and that's what these people do. Once they know this person, they get to know that person. And it, that works just like the mob, where they oh he's a friend of ours he's a made guy he's this he's that right, they have right. all these terminology they have all this terminology for where you are in the pecking order and so forth and it's the same thing in the republican party
1: you know that 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 movie inventing anna uh my wife hated the movie cuz she was such a despicable person this anna uh-huh. in my in my mind anna was a fucking hero she took advantage of all these People that are excessively rich that look down their nose at people like Juana really was. And she yeah. fucking took them for a ride and took them for all they were worth. And these people need that every so often just to fucking calibrate being humans again, as opposed to just these evil people that expect everything for themselves and nothing for anybody else. I, <laughs> that girl's crazy. I wouldn't want to see my son married to that girl. But (laughs) I love the fact that she took all these rich motherfuckers for a ride.
0: Yeah. And look at the big banker, the one she really snowed and got all the money and everything. He got a promotion out of it. Yeah. You know, that's the insane thing. This guy was totally incompetent at his job, was able to be completely uh, snowed by this, this little girl. And yet he gets a promotion out of it.
1: You know what I liked about this inventing Anna? Uh, she's, a, she's a cute girl, but she's not excessively attractive model type or whatever. You know, it's, it's not like she bowled somebody over with her beauty. She did it all in her head and with her mouth, and she knew how to play these people. These people, oh, got play- these people got played and they deserve to get played. And I, I don't feel sorry for them at fucking least, you know, if somebody lost a million dollars, but they have $50 million. Well, maybe you should pay more attention and not be so fucking arrogant. Maybe you, exactly. should, maybe you should protect yourself. Cause I got to tell you, you know, if somebody came up and said those things to me to try to get me to side with them, I wouldn't buy that shit. I've been in, you know, I've been in business, and I've been lied to every day while I was in business. You either you either learn how to read somebody, or you're fucking dead. You're done.
0: Yeah, and I I, uh, I I've got to tell everybody too. The actress who plays Ada uh, Julia, I forget her last name now, yeah. but uh, um, check out Ozark because she's even better in that. Uh, uh, her character is amazing, and her take on it is even more amazing she's brilliant
1: she is she is a great actress and that's that's a a big compliment from you being in the uh, theatrical business
0: yeah well i know the real thing when i see it and she's the real thing
1: she's definitely so so now we have this hearing that's now been postponed because of this hurricane and i think that was the wise choice i don't think there's any question i think this hearing is going to be huge Uh, you know Kinzinger put out some kind of uh kind of hint of what it's going to be about, and it's going to be about the putting together or the architecture or who was involved with putting together this January 6th attack and also the funding. And, yes. and we know Jenny Thomas, there was a rumor going around that she helped fund the buses coming from wherever. And everybody said, no, that's just a rumor and all that stuff. And then the texts come out from Mark Meadows that say she out and out says, send me a Venmo. I'll uh, get you some money so you can get the buses up here. So clearly she fucking did it. And Jenny Joe, Jenny uh, Thomas, um, when she was first asked to talk to the January 6th committee, she was the typical arrogant, loud and proud. Republicans saying, I'd love to come. I'd love to set everybody straight. And then in a couple of days, the lawyer said, yeah, now nah, you don't want to do that. So she backed off, suggesting that she really had nothing to give. Well, now she's stepping up willingly. Why do you suppose she's doing that?
0: Well, I think they've got enough on her that she, she's going to have to. or or they're, Given that who she is They may have said, look, we'll go easy on you if you come in and give us what we need. Now, personally, I'd like to see her in a cell sharing it with her husband, who was the only Supreme Court justice who voted against turning over Mark Meadows papers and phones to the committee because he knew his wife would be implicated.
1: You know what I don't understand about that, though? I I don't understand. I mean, it it can only be arrogance. And I've said this before. Okay, he voted against it because he didn't want those things to go to the January 6th committee. I get it. That makes sense. But he also knew that nobody else was going to vote that way. He also knew that they were going to get it anyway. So why flag yourself by going against the grain when you know it, no matter what you did, it was still going to go to them? Why Why put the spotlight on you saying, I'm contrary to this, and now he's in question about his intentions because he's married to Jenny fucking Thomas?
0: Well, I, I think it was Robert Rice who said this, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think it might be that he was actually in law school at the same time as Hillary Clinton and Clarence Thomas, and sat in some of the same classes. He said, when the professor would ask a question, the first hand up always was Hillary Clinton, every time. Occasionally, mine would go up. The one that never once went up was Clarence Thomas.
1: Right, right.
0: I don't think he's got that much on the ball. I think he's where he is because he was the right person at the right time. And he almost didn't make it because of his crudeness, uh, according to Anita Hill right. and, and others. But he made it, and he was he was uh, able to get on the court. That doesn't mean he is a jurist. Uh, I'm told that in uh, when uh, lawyers present to the court, he never asks a question, not ever. Still, mm-hmm. yeah. so um, he's not the brightest bulb. In, I think. In, uh,
1: I think he's trying to pick up the torch from Scalia, but he's not the jurist that Scalia was.
0: Right. I didn't care for Scalia. I I think anybody who's an originalist is an idiot. I agree. I uh, agree.
1: I didn't like him, but he's trying to be a comparable evil to Scalia, and he just doesn't have the wherewithal to do it.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably true. I have heard that he was more moderate before the confirmation hearings, circus, and and all of that, and he decided he would be the villain they wanted him to be. I don't know if that's true or not. I do know in this case he was the villain. He, He should be impeached for that vote alone because he had to know his wife would be implicated, which indeed she was. So that alone, he should have, and he should have recused himself on other things too, but he never does.
1: And I, I don't know if I agree with you that they're, they're saying you just come in and we'll take it easy on you. I don't, I don't think that's what precipitated her coming in. And I've said this about all these other people that step in like Donald Trump and they, they plead the fifth. That isn't necessarily a good move. If you know, if you know they got the goods on you at some point you you you've got to take a last ditch effort to try to save yourself or to frame yourself in a different picture and in order to do that you got to talk you got to talk now you can't lie cuz you go to jail for that but pleading the fifth and watching it play out is just stupid there's so well, much especially, evidence. there's so especially much in evidence.
0: a civic trial yeah in, in a civic trial it's in a tantamount to an admission of guilt and it hurts you you know it is yeah uh,
1: it, it, it is. And I think Ginny Thomas is just scared and she doesn't know what the fuck else to do. So she's so arrogant and thinks she's so smart that she can sit down and sway these people to believe like she does. I mean, that's what Donald Trump does. He thinks every time he opens his mouth, he can he can persuade anybody to believe anything. And now oh, he's born. Yes. Yeah. And and now he's getting he's 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 getting a rude awakening because it's not working
0: anymore. Yeah, and I guess that's why he's going to queue, because he's got nothing else. But here he he held out for the, the special master, and that's come about to bite him in the ass the appeals court didn't rule the way he expected them to uh, the high priced lawyer he had paid 3 million dollars up front just to come on has been sidelined probably because he gave him some real legal advice and said you know right right yeah you, you, you know we're going to put a fork in you because you're done there's nothing we can do here legally to help you
1: well, and that's the thing is uh, I, I did a TikTok uh, about this, that being Donald Trump's lawyer is the shittiest job in the world. And, oh, yes. And, 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 and because he doesn't pay them and he doesn't listen to shit. These these lawyers will go to him and say, well, you can't do this. You can't do this. You got to do this. And he doesn't like what he hears, so he says, "No, we're going to do this, and I'm going to make you do it it's like It's like me taking my car in to get fixed, and the transmission is shot, and I say, "No, motherfucker, work on the radiator. The transmission yeah. is fine, so when I get my car back, the still the fuckers still don't run and that's what donald trump does and 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 the guy he hired he paid three million dollars up front, thank God for that guy um he he got to a point and he's not going to be a sycophant and risk his career on Donald Trump's stupid ideas. I am I'm, I'm amazed that any lawyers will still stick by him when they know they're going to lose their fucking license.
0: Exactly and and, and everything that Donald Trump has done in his life is coming back to haunt him. Now the uh, the special master said uh, he gave him until tomorrow right uh, to to come back and and Filed some some paperwork saying uh this, uh, you know, what what is it that, that you're claiming executive privilege on? I need to know which ones they are and, and so forth. And uh, uh, also that there he has to pay somebody to digitize all of this stuff and nobody will work with him because he doesn't pay. All of the top digitizing companies have said, no way, we're not touching this. He won't pay us. So they're stuck between a rock and a hard place and they're trying to weasel out of it, but none of these none of these lawyers are top-notch lawyers. The one guy who is has been sidelined and put off on other things. He's not even working on this anymore. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens tomorrow when I'm guessing they're going to default. On these, uh, uh, and we'll see what the special master or the, the judge judges do in this case. I guess he's the one who has some power to do something. Yeah, I don't know that the original judge has power to do anything now.
1: No, I, I, I don't know. You know, and and I think that uh, they they have another reason not to present any evidence because if they present evidence that it was either planted or declassified, that would be a lie. And and you'll notice that in any of the motions that the lawyers sent, Donald Trump will talk about, you know, plans and declassification, but they always talk around that. They will never Mm -hmm. say that. They never show any proof of that because they know they're going to be exposed for lying. They know that Donald Trump is lying and they will be caught lying and it'll ruin their careers. So when Friday comes around and they're supposed to provide this information, they aren't going to provide anything. Be, it's going to be some convoluted thing. Oh, we'd love to, but we can't because of this and this, that's what it's going to be. And then, then, then the special master have to decide to, what to do with it. And at that point, frankly, the special master said, well, if you can't, if you can't come up with your, your due diligence here, fuck it, it's over. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, they're already investigating the materials. I think they've got probably through most of it. So by the time yeah. he gets this done, it won't fucking matter. Um, but, uh, I've said this, and see if you agree with me, Uh, and it's it's kind of a strong statement. If Donald Trump could just shut his fucking mouth, he would have gotten through that four-year term, and he would have been shamed and, and, and ridiculed as he left, but he wouldn't be anywhere near the trouble he's in right now. He could have saved himself a lot of trouble by just shutting his mouth, and he just can't do it.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, if he had not taken anything with him from the White House, if he had just gone to Mar a Lago, if he had stopped doing rallies and just said, you know, well, we gave it a shot, folks, but uh, somebody else is going to have to pick it up from here on. Now, right. uh, a lot of people think he's running again just because he hopes that once, uh, that if he can get the nomination, then they won't come after him, uh, you know, because of the whatever reason of not being able to go after a sitting president or whatever, that he's trying to get back that status somehow. Yeah. But if he had just gone quiet, become, and, you know, given the occasional speech for a million dollars here, a million dollars there and so forth, he could have, he could play golf all his life and just really had no problem. But the ego wouldn't let him do that.
1: Right. Well, I I said when he got elected that, that, um, When it's all said and done, this is before any of this should happened or any of this stuff we knew. Uh, but I knew Donald Trump was going to be under the microscope and scrutinized when he's president, a scrutiny that he never had when he was just a alleged rich guy. He will at some point, if he hasn't already said, my fatal flaw was even running for the presidency to put yourself under that microscope when you could have just ridden under the radar and gotten all these favors from the DOJ and gotten away with shit, just lived out your life, had fun, had money, and and played golf. That would have been the best choice for Donald Trump. And I don't know if he'll ever see that he made the wrong choice. I don't think he can admit that he made the wrong choice. But if somebody from the outside were advising him, I would say, yeah, don't run for president. Just Keep doing what you're doing, but he, like you say, he couldn't.
0: No, I think he's so delusional in his narcissism, narcissism, narcissism that he uh, he actually believes a lot of what he says sometimes. Oh no, question. when when he's riffing like that, I think that's that's actually coming out of what he actually believes. That uh, uh, I didn't do anything. What I think what he really means is you didn't catch me. You know, but to him, it's the same thing you know because everything is transactional everything he always has to win. there always has to be a winner and a loser in every transaction. Uh, right. we learned today that he even tried to fire uh I think Kelly was uh, his uh, chief of staff at the time he tried to fire his daughter and son-in-law with an email. And Kelly told him, no, you have to do it in person. And he changed his mind at some point. Maybe he just didn't want the confrontation, but he was getting ready to dump him at one point. Well, he's Uh, a,
1: he's a typical bully. He doesn't want the face-to-face confrontation. It's real easy to go tweet out rhetoric or scream rhetoric on, on, on TV. But if, you know, honest to God, when he said the things about Mattis or Kelly, he yeah. would never do that standing in front of those motherfuckers. Cause that's what no. narcissists do. They, they, they are cowards. They are, they are losers and they are stupid and they are insecure. It's real easy to scream it from a mountaintop. But when you're in a room with the person that you have a problem with, everything changes. I, I'll tell you a story. One time, um, I was, I was doing traffic on KBEM and I had a phone that would I would answer. And a certain amount of people had it. I don't know how they got the number. So I picked up the phone one day <laughs> and somebody was displeased with something I said or how I said it because they got stuck in traffic. Of course, when somebody gets stuck in traffic, it's my fault, even though yeah. I told you whatever. So they call up and they say, I want you to tell Mike that he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. He did this, he did this, and 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 I'm stuck in traffic and I blame Mike for it. And I said, uh, well, that's interesting. I'm Mike. And he goes, hey, how you doing? I really like what you're doing. See, that's how people are. They don't want direct confrontation. It's real easy to scream from a, uh, uh, a fast moving car. I'm going to kick your ass, but that's who Donald Trump is. He, he doesn't want to be face to face with somebody. And that's why he does so fucking badly in a courtroom or a deposition. They're sitting right face to face and he doesn't know what to do with that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I, uh, I hate to say this, but I was somewhat cynical before Doc Donald Trump. But now I can—I will never be able to forget that seventy-some million people, my countrymen, right, looked at this guy all through the campaign, the debates, the speeches, his background, and said, "That's my president.
1: That's my guy." Yeah. You know, I've had this conversation with people, you know, like I have people in my own family um, that are Trump humpers and we butted heads, of course. And and somebody said to me, well, once this is all over, we can get together and be a family again. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't forget or forgive that. I mean, it's one thing if if you like the Republicans and I like the Democrats and we we got in an argument about policy. Okay, we can let that go, but when you have a group of people that supported another group of people that did everything they could to destroy democracy, destroy and overthrow the government, to marginalize different kinds of uh, of minorities in this country were all about fear, was about taking money away from the middle class and giving it to the rich. I'm sorry. There's no going back from that. If you were stupid to follow them, I'm sorry, but I can't forgive that. What they were doing was the ultimate evil in this country. And if you're so stupid to follow that, how can I trust your fucking your judgment on anything?
0: Exactly, and and these are the same people who inspire nutcases uh, to go attack FBI offices because right. the FBI, right. of course, is bad. Or now, children's hospitals because they're doing sexual reassignment surgery on all these kids, and 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 so people are attacking hospitals or threatening them at least, and they were there will be uh, if there hasn't already. And I missed it. There will be some case where some nut case with an a r fifteen goes in and shoots up a children's hospital because of what he's heard from Tucker Carlson or Hannity or Blue Dobbs or some of these these reprehensible monsters that every day fuel this kind of thing
1: you know i'm I'm, I'm a little surprised by Ron DeSantis with this hurricane Ian going through Florida. I mean, I think Donald Trump had an interesting idea in dealing with hurricanes. Uh, It it was put a nuclear nuclear bomb in the eye of the hurricane to break it up. I wonder how these Florida red red side folks would feel about having the hurricane with the eye over Orlando and then throwing a nuclear bomb in there to fix the situation. I mean, that's how stupid uh, Donald Trump is and. Somebody like Ron DeSantis supports Donald Trump. How can you not make him responsible for everything Donald Trump did if he supports him or at least did support him at one point all along the way? Only for their own expediency uh, in getting elected and getting votes. They, 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 they basically supported destroying things in order for them to get ahead. They can't be forgiven. They can't be fixed.
0: No. No, and I and I won't. I mean, and and I will never again assume that um, things will come out the way they should. Uh, I will never again turn my back and say, "Okay, somebody else can take it." Now uh, I'm retired. I don't have to pay attention anymore because uh, right now in Tennessee they're trying to pass a constitutional amendment to make Tennessee a right-to-work state, meaning. Uh, essentially that they're going to screw unions forever and always, right? In the state of Tennessee, that's right. going on here. Also here, they are now requiring teachers to put all of their classroom materials online so that that the parents can check them out and make sure they're not feeding CRT to their little kitties and and all of that. that that's that much more work to about teachers that already are overworked. And any parent at any time can visit their school and find out exactly what's being taught. Most parents, most of these parents, especially right around here, and probably elsewhere in Tennessee, too, don't even have a computer or know how to use it.
1: They don't have a computer. They don't know how to use it. And, And having been married to a woman who was a teacher in the public schools for 32 years, (laughs) <laughs> you can't even get fuckers to come to the to the uh, parent teacher conference unless you're giving free food. So fuck that. These people exactly. these people aren't going to read shit. And even if they did, they couldn't comprehend what the fuck they're reading because they're less educated than their fourth grade kids.
0: Right. Exactly. I mean, I went to school with these people. There were maybe 25 percent of the students I went to school with who could even read with comprehension when they left high school. Right. Uh, You know, and that's probably the same nationwide, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that, that's the one thing I, I've told this story before too. When I was a little kid, I always looked at adults and I thought, well, you know, when you get to be adults, something magically happens. You become more mature. You become more intelligent. You, you, you have a better grasp on what's going on. We kids, we don't know. Fuck all. You got dumb kids. You got smart kids. It's just, you know, it's just a fucking morass that we go through as, as, as youngsters. But then when I became an adult, I realized these dumb fucks that I grew up with, are now just bigger dumb fucks, just older dumb fucks. People don't change unless they go actively looking for education. And, and unfortunately what, what's happening with the Republicans right now, they're doing everything they can to destroy public education. And, uh, one of my predictions came true. Now there's this huge shortage of teachers and it's going to get worse. Nobody wants to fucking teach under the, under the, uh, uh, the control of these crazy fucking Republican idiots.
0: Which is their idea. They want the public schools to fail and they're doing their best by underfunding them. And now by attaching, attacking the teachers and driving them away because what they want is a bunch of uh, church schools and uh, uh, charter schools that uh, get the public money and don't teach, or they teach only what they want the students to know uh, some, boulderized version of history and literature. I mean, the the list of banned books just keeps on stacking up. Pretty soon it's going to be most of them, to be honest with you. And I have always maintained when you get out of high school, you're ready to start learning. And most of what you need to do is forget what you've already learned because you were taught what they want you to know. And a lot of it is not true. I exempt math and science because – that That is uh, uh, pretty much straightforward. One plus one equals two. Right. It always will, unless you're in the wrong base. But, <laughs> but that's beside the point. And nobody beyond a mathematician needs to even know that. But um, then you start to learn. Then you can seek knowledge. But uh, only when if you can learn to read and write and use the library and now the Internet and, and judge what's real against what isn't. Then you can begin to learn. And uh, I learned more far more after I got out of school than while I was in it. Oh, no question.
1: I mean, when you get out, you you've gotta you've gotta um um have an open mind, you've gotta have uh an interest in finding the truth, and then you gotta have, you have the wherewithal to find the truth. But most people don't do that. I mean, you know, prior to doing this this podcast and TikToks, I can't tell you how many people said to me Oh, I don't want to watch the news. I don't want to learn anything. I just want to live my life. And unfortunately, those people are the very reason we're in this position right now. I don't care. I don't want to hear bad shit. I don't want to know anything. I just want to live my life. Well, if you want to continue living your life, you better be prepared to see what's going on around you and do something about it when you find out how bad it is.
0: Yeah, I got to make a recommendation right now. There's a new TV show on. It's on Apple TV. It's called Reboot. And um, I watched
1: uh, a couple shows. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah,
0: uh, uh, terribly good, terribly, terribly good show about rebooting an old '70s uh, uh, Sit- sitcom. Right. And uh, and bringing it up to date. It's got some of my favorite actors in it. Uh, um, uh, Keegan Michael Key is kind of the the leader. Paul Reiser. Right. Who's in there? Um, oh, what's your name, Rose? The daughter. Um, yeah, I didn't. Rachel. Um, um, is it Rachel? Shoot. I, yeah, I don't know much about
1: her, but she's really good.
0: She was on a show called uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, who, oh, and they okay. did a musical number every week, which was was actually very, very good, very profane. Rachel Bloom. That's your name, okay? Um, and uh, she's she's very good as the daughter. And then then there are these uh, sitcom actors that you know, but you don't know their names. So they have a writers' room where they have a bunch of young kids versus these old veteran writers, and the interaction is very much like I think what goes on, say, on TikTok or Twitter or any of these uh, these social media things, where you got a, a lot of young hip people, you got a bunch of old fogies like us, and we don't. Right speak the same language anymore i'd heard the term meta and it was used in the in the, in the show and i go what's meta yeah. I, I hear it all the time but i don't know what it means so i go look it up and find out it means meta key which is basically being self referential you know okay. uh, you know uh, uh, talking about tv and using tv to talk about tv kind of thing all right but uh, If you're if you're a child of uh, the of social media age, you know this stuff. Fogies like me don't. We have to be taught. So I'm, I'm I'm continuing to learn is what I'm saying. And if you if you aren't a lifelong learner, you aren't a learner at all.
1: Exactly. You know, I know a lot of people of our vintage, my vintage, and your vintage, that you know are just content with retiring sitting on the couch vegetating watching tv watching something simple to comprehend having a beer having a coffee whatever it is people people of our age there's a lot of them that just give up on life they don't want to do anything and i i've told other friends of mine i said if you do nothing else if you do nothing else, even though you're retired and you worked hard for 30 years and all that stuff, you still have, so, have to have something to fucking chase, something, some kind of goal. It could be a tiny goal, but once you stop ch- chasing goals, you're fucking done anyways. They might as well bury you because you're stopping the whole process of living life.
0: Yeah, and I, and I do think, too, that people – they become stuck in time, and I, and I, I, I think at one point at least, I think Joe Biden was kind of guilty of this. He really thought that he could work with the Republicans, that right. he could. Oh, uh, I think he did find uh, find uh, people on the other side that because he had been around some of them forever, he thought they could find common ground. And then he gets in there, and now he has changed his tune because he finds that. Those people don't exist anymore, or if they do, they are so marginalized in their own party that they have no power to do anything.
1: Well, you know, I I think a lot of younger people uh, just assume that we old folks don't know what the fuck we're talking about. I just recently got a new phone. Uh, Mm -hmm. I would had the one I had for three years or whatever, and I needed a new phone because it wasn't working properly. So I go in there. And I had this little girl showing me all the things on it, and she was very rudimentary about what she was telling me. And she was telling it to me like I, I, I didn't know, and I, I did know, I did know that. Um, um, and and she said to me, she said, um, oh, I see you have TikTok on there. Do you watch TikTok? I go, yeah, I watch a lot of TikTok. You said, do you understand how it works? I go, I think I got a grasp on it. And, uh, and and she said, really? I said, I even have some content. And she looked at me like, well, that's cute. You old man yeah. got some content. Then I pulled it up and showed it to her. And she, she just got this horrified look on her face. She goes, you, you, you have 180,000 followers? I go, yeah. I know this technology shit to a certain extent. I only need the questions asked I'm going to ask you. So let's just get this fucker done. I, I like to keep up with technology because it interests me and it it's part of what I do daily. But a lot of people will sit back and say, oh, I don't like the Internet. That's fucking dangerous. And it is, but you can also use it to your benefit if you're smart about
0: it. Yeah, well, I'm not smart and I'm technolog- technologically challenged sometimes. But I manage to I manage to squeak through, you know, I mean, uh, for kids, if I say something like I sat down at my co- first computer when I was forty-five years old, they go, <gasps> "Yeah, really? Yeah. You know?" Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I, I will say th- I, I will say this: there is some benefit in certain circumstances to give the appearance of being the kindly old man that doesn't know anything. I have yeah. used that before, and uh, I'm sorry to say it's worked for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, and would you help me across the street, the street, sweetie? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I, no, you know, I
0: don't do that. I'm kidding.
1: You know, back in the, my, my, my wife would always use me in this, you know, when we were in our like our thirties or something, my wife would go to the local department store and she'd buy it and then she'd want to return it. And she always hated the confrontation of returning it and, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, going through that process. Maybe she doesn't have the receipt. It was much different times than it is now. And she'd yeah. always say, could you return this for me? And I said, sure. So I'd go up, I'd find the middle aged woman who has a maternal sense, and I'd be like in my late 20s, early 30s. And I'd go, I walk up to her and I'd be exasperated. I go, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And she goes, what's wrong? I said, I have to return this. I have no clue how to return it. I don't have a receipt. I don't have anything. But if I don't get this done, my wife is going to be so mad at me when I get home. <laughs> and the older woman would always say, oh, honey. I'll I'll walk you through this. I go, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You know, everybody wants to come and slap these people in the face. No, you want them on your side because they can get it done for you if you allow them to do it. If you go up there indignant and shit, they're going to say, fuck you, go out the door. So um, in those cases, I I, I learned how to become pathetic. And there are times when pathetic works.
0: Well, I learned too. I learned this in, in working for a school district. Don't go to the department head. Don't go to the administrator. Don't go to the superintendent. Go to their secretary. They're the ones who do the work.
1: Well, that's the case. <laughs> they in, know how
0: it works. <laughs> that's
1: the case in radio too. You know, yeah. Back when WKRP, you had the general manager, you had the sales manager, you had the staff, but who did they go to? Who knew fucking everything? And it was uh, uh Jennifer. W- Jennifer, the, the the secretary. And when I worked in 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 Arizona, in a shitty little. Radio station. It was a trailer, not a mobile home, a fucking trailer connected to a cinder block building. Now, in this building, the guy who owned it was 30 years old. He knew nothing about radio, but he got a good deal on the radio station because the guy wanted out of it. We had three other announcers that really had no experience in radio. So, when I walked in at nineteen years old, I had vastly more experience than anybody, and I could actually read copy and do a commercial so i I kind of took the lead with the with the talent. But when it came to getting anything done, we had this this secretary named poor Pearl, Pearl, she was probably forty years old, she knew everything, did everything, and if you fucked with her, she would kick your ass. And it's so true that, that that the secretary is always the one that knows everything that's truly the boss.
0: Absolutely. Three months after I started in radio, I was the program director of the station <laughs> in Iowa where I started at. And uh, Billy was the equivalent. She was the one who'd been there forever. She was the secretary. She was the one who scheduled all the commercials and knew everything and so forth. If I had a problem, I didn't go to anybody but her because the, the station manager was a joke. He was a sales guy. He didn't know anything about radio or anything else. His assistant was a, a drunk. So it was me and Billy, you know? I, I worked at, I, I
1: after I came back from Arizona, I worked at this little station. In in southern Minnesota, and uh, we had a general manager who was basically like the guy at KRP, but he was a little vile on top of it.
0: Yeah, they almost always are in those situations. Right,
1: right. So I walk in. I walk in the place for the first time, and I'd listen to the radio. uh, Listen to the radio station as I was coming in, trying to get a sense of what it sounded like. And there was a morning man who was okay but he told stupid jokes he he was basically the the stereotypical small town radio guy you know every commercial he did he threw reverb on it you know just the stereotypical bullshit but then in the midday there was this woman on and she sounded she sounded good she sounded like she was a a a beautiful woman Uh, and really her looks didn't matter but but i had this image of her so i walk in um, um, and, and I meet these two announcers. I quickly find out that both of them smoke like chimneys. Both of them are dating one another, and both of them go to the bar after their shifts and drink all day. They were not an attractive couple. This <laughs> woman's name was, I don't know, uh, on the air was like Bree Sullivan. And then yeah. when you met her, her real name was Melody Stubbs. And she was a very large woman. She was a very vile woman. She had a good voice, but she was not a good human being. And her boyfriend was even fucking worse. So I go and meet the general manager. And he's this slick guy with a fucking toupee and a bad suit. And I sit in his office and, and he looks at me. <laughs> he looks at me and he says to me, the first time I ever fucking meet this guy, he looks at me and he says, I am so fucking glad you're here. I said, well, great. Well, what do you mean? he goes i'm fucking glad that we finally have somebody that's fucking normal in this place <laughs> and i thought man if you think i'm normal you you don't know what you're in for but this guy you know he sold radio radio ads and and you're you're probably accustomed to this this fucking guy his whole house was 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 designed and 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 filled up with fucking tradeouts, meaning Your he job. gave away free advertising and they in turn, instead of money, gave him property like, 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 uh, furniture and clothes and cars and shit like that. This fucker made a good living, but he also stole money from the radio station. It was a weird fucking experience. I stayed there for about a year and a half and I had to get the fuck out of there.
0: <laughs> well, my, my first job, I was there six months and, uh, uh, Billy, said you know um uh, he told me not to uh, uh not to print any more logs that means we're gonna close right so 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 get your shit together so i'm going well so i'm calling up you know trying to trying to find a new job or something and then uh i get a phone call from this uh this uh advertiser uh camera store and uh the guy goes uh yeah, I tell Tim I've got that stuff ready for him. And I said, yeah, what? Uh, can you be more specific? And he said, I got the cameras that, that he wants for the advertising money I owe. And I said, OK, so this guy goes out and rents a U-Haul and he goes around town and any outstanding debt, He he collects merchandise for it right and uh sails off into the sunset with this and leaves these people i mean i think that the guy who owned the radio station who he had bought it for a toy his wife or his wife and she divorced him and he said he was didn't even live in the same state and he just <laughs> pulled the plug you know right and, right and uh i was hired back immediately as the program director for, for the new owners but uh uh, that's another story. But uh, yeah, that's what they did. He went around and, and got all these cameras and stereos and that kind of stuff. And that was his severance. and He yeah. drove off into the sunset uh, with this U-Haul full of merchandise that, that, that or something.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt. He sold it. It was pre eBay, but you know, he sold it somehow. And, and that's why when people say to me, tell me how to get into radio, the best advice I can give you is don't get into fucking radio
0: run it's even worse now than it was then
1: oh it is they didn't pay you shit back then and now they're doing all this technology where they put you on the air for an hour and and then send you home and they just run your tapes all fucking night so you're the nighttime uh disc jockey but you only worked an hour in the fucking studio it's just it's a waste of time
0: and if you're lucky enough to be in a major market you may be on 15 stations (laughs) spread out across that section of the country that you're also uh, voice tracking.
1: Right. And, you know, the people that are on TV and the people that are on radio that are successful in the respective markets, they aren't making nearly enough uh, as much as they were back in the day, because as much as they may be the number one station in the in, in the town, They don't have nearly the listeners they once had. Everybody's streaming or listening to radio or listening to Spotify or whatever it is. So the radio and TV business on a local level is kind of a dying business. There's no real money to be made there unless you're one of the few elite. And even that is starting to wane.
0: Yeah, the the right wing bought up all of the AMs, and, and they're all syndicated. They're running syndicated stuff, either that or religion, one of the two. Right. That's what you got on the AM side. And the FM, probably two by now. I don't listen to either anymore, sorry to say.
1: I don't listen to radio. There's enough podcasts out there, and there's enough audio books to keep me busy, so I don't even fucking listen to radio anymore. It just,
0: I do listen to m p r fairly often, but well, that's it.
1: Yeah, but you're a sophisticated guy. I am not. So <laughs> I really have no business listening to MPR. All right. And you know,
0: I say m p r because Minnesota Public Radio, but it's in the PR where I am.
1: Right, know? right, right. I get that. Is it is it TPR where you are?
0: No, no, it's it's uh, NPR, National Public Radio. Okay, and okay. and uh, then they have affiliates. Uh, I listened to one out of my alma mater, uh um, oh, okay. East Tennessee State University, WETS to be Double. actually, Double WETS. Yes,
1: <laughs>
0: it's true. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's some some of these call signals that people have picked are just a little, a little weird, a little weird, a little bit. Anyway, we're running out of time here, We're actually well over time. So we should well probably wrap things up. Uh, I appreciate you coming by as I always do. And, uh, uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you again soon. We can, I know you're booked up tomorrow, so we'll do something next week. Um, uh, hopefully earlier in the week. I'm, I think I may be going to Las Vegas for two days just before. Well, let's
0: a, see. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a for, heads up. I'll give you a heads up. Monday, I'm okay. I I think by Wednesday, we're going away for, uh, I'll I'll let you know more on it. But Wednesday or Thursday, we're going away for uh, the weekend.
1: Yeah, and I'll be gone Wednesday and Thursday too, maybe till Friday morning. But I'll bring my remote podcasting thing so you folks worried about me going away and not doing a podcast. I will be doing a podcast uh, from Vegas, apparently. Anyway. All right. Thanks, Ed, for stopping by. To the folks that are listening, thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again
0: tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.